Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here are your guides on this journey. David Begin of Begin Insights, and Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, Car Wash Nation. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Car Wash the Podcast, a podcast that makes you a great car washer and some of us a slightly better human being. <laughs> Only some of us. Only some of us. <laughs> With me today is my co-host, Matt Gladiator DeWolf. Oh, that's way better than D-Dog. That is D-Dog way better. Do you like that one? I do. It, it makes me think... That would be a good call sign. I think that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one for me today because I was thinking the other day about um, did you ever watch American Gladiators? Yeah. 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 So I, I've been really like I got my uh, my son my youngest son uh, a Nerf gun over the weekend and I was thinking man I really wish I had one of those big like tennis ball cannon things from American <laughs> Gladiators so so Gladiator I like that I like Matt. Gladiator DeWolf. That's a that's a strong name. Gladiator DeWolf. Yeah, that, that that one might stick. I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see what our, our listeners think. But uh, when I was a kid, I made a tennis ball cannon um, out of Coke cans or Seven Up cans. It was back in the days when they were steel, made out of steel, not aluminum. So I'm, I'm dating myself, obviously. And what you did is you cut the top and the bottom out, and then you use electrical tape to tape them together. And you might have five or seven or 10 of them. And then you would take the can opener, which back then was a something that would pierce the top, right? So are you still with me in all this? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with okay. you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I the old school, it. it's like a camping, it's like a camping uh, can opener. You gotta p- pierce yeah. the top of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you would <laughs> pierce it at the bottom and then you would go grab your dad's lighter fluid because, <laughs> you know, your parents smoked back then. And, <laughs> You'd squirt it in there and you'd whirl it around the can so it'd get all over. You'd stick the tennis ball in and then you'd take a match and you'd stick it in that hole at the bottom <laughs> and it would shoot out the tennis ball. So hopefully this is, uh, I don't recommend it anymore. I don't know what the, what the thing is, but uh, we used to shoot tennis balls that way out of, out of uh, cans. Yeah, that is, a, that is a do not try this at home moment and a, uh, yeah. and a, and a ringing endorsement for how different things are today than they once were. That's right. That's right. So OSHA, OSHA would not approve of it. No. But I don't know if you can get steel cans anymore. So, and it was interesting because the tennis ball was about the right size to fit in the Coke can. So I don't know if you got like Campbell soup cans or something, if they would work. You have to have a lot of soup to make that make that yeah. happen. But that, that's, what, that's what we did as a kid. Now, obviously the bottom one, you have to keep, you have to keep the, the bottom on. You can't, it's not, it's not open all the way. Right. Right. Cause otherwise you can't get the, you can't get the combustion <laughs> built up to shoot out. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So if you're looking for some design plans, Matt DeWolf at carwash. <laughs> Don't put that on me. Don't you put that on me. <laughs> David begin friends. That's David begin for you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we also built a potato cannon, which was made out of air. So we had used PVC, and uh, we had a butterfly valve and a really long stick at the end. <laughs> and we would had a tire um, thing you fill up your tires with. Oh, like the, like, the, like the pump, the air pump? 
Well, it wasn't the air pump. It was the thing that sticks out of the tire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like the little inner tube thing. Yeah, yeah. So we would fill it up that way, and we'd launch it. We'd just take the butterfly valve and twist it real quick and would launch the potato. Probably, I think the furthest we got was about 200 yards. Oh, my gosh. Out of this thing. So it was crazy. But it did blow up on somebody, <laughs> and, and that was... had to go to the emergency room. That's a, that is a bad story, but he would kept tanking it up, tanking it, and then the PVC shattered. So That'll do it. And thank goodness he didn't kill himself. So that's what I'm saying all that's to say, don't do this. <laughs> it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. That's right, until somebody gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. Somebody gets hurt, so good. How's 2021 going for you? Man, you know what? We're living the dream every day, or some version yeah. of a dream. Uh, yeah, man, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, yeah, we are pivoting like crazy. Looking forward to the show end of the year yes so excited oh my gosh like i cannot i cannot um get to november fast enough to kind of get back together and get into this kind of car wash universe again because i tell you what as much fun as it's been to kind of connect with people digitally uh even the introverts among us need to connect with human beings every once in a while so yeah yeah i'm really going stir crazy i this has been uh it's been a tough six weeks been a tough 2021 for a lot of us <laughs> Getting, getting out of the blocks, but hopefully this vaccine will make a difference and we'll start maybe getting getting reopened and whatever the new way will be. Yeah, I mean, we stu- you know, whatever. We stutter- stuttered a little bit and that's okay. Uh, but I, I, think that, I think that we've got a good um, episode here today because I think we're going to help people through some, some uh, consistency issues, right? We're going to talk a little bit about processing and how to um, how to process cars through your through your tunnel or whatever kind of wash you might be operating? We'll probably we'll probably hang hang pretty close on some tunnel conversation because that's where it really comes up. But uh, I think what we're going to talk about is going to be pretty universal, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, I think so too. I think with the advent of Xero Express car washes, the expectations have gotten much different. I re- you remember as a kid when you went to a car wash with your parents, it was a it was a morning event, so you planned to go somewhere between nine and twelve. And you plan to stay there too. So yeah. full service car washes, which were the predominant car washes when, when I was growing up, um, you know, you would spend time uh, on Saturdays at the car wash, you, you know, dad might bring the kids, he might not, but there was a waiting room, there were things to do. You could wash the cars through the windows. So it was basically an event, but now people are squeezing car washes into other trips during the day. So I've got to run some errands this afternoon I'm thinking about getting a car wash. One of the things I'm concerned about is if I stick it in the middle of my errand, so I've got to be on the north side of town, yep. the car wash I go to is kind of in the east central part of town, and then I got to go to the southeast part of town. So I want to be able to fit it in to my errands or my trips, uh, or I want to put it at the end, but typically I want to fit it in. So getting in and out is important to me because I've crammed a lot. I typically cram more errands in than I've got time for. And I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's nothing more, there's nothing more disheartening than when you go and you're, you know, you've got seven or eight things that you're trying to get done and you go and you try to get to a, get to a wash and you try to go through and, you know, I, this happened to me, this actually happened to me last week and I got really frustrated and texted to somebody else in the, in the car wash universe about this. But, um, I went to, I went to get my car wash, same situation, right? I'm trying to cram it in right in the middle. And they were, you know, bless their hearts, they're, they're, they were prepping like it was their job. I mean, they did a really nice job, and they, but I just wanted to get through. Like, I didn't, I didn't want all that. I just wanted to get a quick wash, get out and get on my way. But 
you know, they, they were standing there and they prepped me for probably like probably five minutes. I mean, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of egregious, which tells you that I hadn't washed my car in a while, probably, but that's a different story. Probably. That probably was the case. Shame on you, man. <laughs> yeah, shame, shame on, on me. Golly. Your car. <laughs> so do a lot of car washes in your neck of the woods do prepping now? You know, um, the one I go to preps every car, um, the, the other one down the street from that is a, is a more of a, uh, more of a full serve operation, uh, really. So, uh, they're doing a little bit of prep too, but I think, you know, we're in the North, so it's kind of hard not to prep, especially when you get into the, get into the winter months. Um, so I, you know, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to not prep and get all that salt off, I think really. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, when I owned my car washes, I really resisted prepping. Um, and now that there's more car washes showing up every day, I know a lot of owners are trying to make decisions whether they include prepping. They try to do some value-added services. So yeah. it's a way of differentiating yourself from other car washes. And it's an interesting decision process that people go through when they decide they want to prep. Prep does add a lot to the process. So yes. it adds people, it adds chemistry, it adds training, uh, and it adds time. I mean, there's no way around it. It's going to add time. And one of the quality metrics that I always used when I was looking at my car washes or I look at other car washes is consistency. So mm. I don't care if you're good. I don't care if you're great. I don't care if you're terrible. Just be consistent. <laughs> and, the, and the one example I like to go to every time is I look at Southwest Airlines. So yeah. Southwest Airlines is not Lufthansa. It's not Air Emirates. It's not Qatar Airlines. It's not Cathay Pacific, <laughs> which are known as some of the, you know, some of the best service-oriented airlines in the world. Yeah. They, they're not any of those. They, they've got their own way of doing things. But the one thing I love about Southwest and why they're my airline of choice is they're very consistent. Because every time I show up, I know what to expect. I know what I'm going to get, and I know what I'm not going to get. And I think people, when they get services on a regular basis, especially when they're part of the service. So when you're, yeah. you know, when you drop your dry cleaning off, you really don't know what that dry cleaner <laughs> is doing. Your clothes, and you just come pick them up, and they look clean, and they look pressed, right? So you're not part of that process. But one thing when car washing or, or airline travel or other types of services is you're part of that process. And so I think in those types of industries, consistency is super important. Well, any, um, one of the things that you and I were talking about <clears throat> was around this whole consistency concept and even just with consistency of speed going through the wash, right? And like, it doesn't matter necessarily if, you know, like in my example, okay, it took a while, but if it takes that long every time, I, I as a customer expect that. And so that's okay. But if, but if you are starting and stopping and fast and slow and the customer, that, that's going to really create some friction. Um, in that experience. And, and that's going to make people really frustrated really fast. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that happen. I think when you talk about inconsistency, one of them is getting through the tunnel at the same time. So we used to have really long lines mm -hmm. at our car washes and people were willing to wait in the line because the line was constantly moving. So if you go to Disneyland, for example, and you see those turnstiles that you've got to walk through that they've got acres of them, as long as, and you look at the line, you're okay with getting in the line because yeah. Disney's done a great job of making sure that line moves. So you're moving every 15 to 20 seconds. It's not a big deal. You know, you know you're moving. 
and you're willing to wait as long as you see progress. In the car wash industry, it's the same thing. So yeah. if you're in your car and you feel like your car is moving every 30 to 60 seconds, that's okay. If you're processing a car every 20 to 30 seconds, okay, that's fine. You know, I, I see I've got 10 cars in there. That's about a five-minute wait. So I'm willing to do that. But it, it was interesting. People were willing to wait a long time at our car washes because we really focused on making sure we were getting good throughput. So line length doesn't isn't really always an indicator of whether these people are processing effectively or not. Yeah. It's what it does tell you is are people willing to wait and do they believe this particular car wash will process the cars effectively? It's fascinating. Hey, so Dave, I want to know, David, like, you know, so uh, for some folks out there, the game is really about how many cars can I wash in an hour? How many cars can I get through in a day? I want max volume, max throughput. So what, I mean, realistically, like, what what should a guy expect or a girl expect to be able to do? Like, So it's a number of factors. So the first one is what does your equipment package look like? So do you have sufficient equipment to be able to wash cars at a pretty good clip? If you've bought car wash equipment in the last five to 10 years, chances are your distributor or your OEM has provided you with a car wash equipment package that has enough equipment to wash the cars effectively. So if you're buying a hundred foot conveyor, they're typically configuring that car wash around a hundred foot conveyor. And it was interesting because I talked to a good friend of mine who's in chemistry, who's been in the business for 25 or 30 years. He talks about the differences of equipment nowadays from 30 years ago. And you got almost double the equipment that you used to have back then. So it, it puts a lot of stress on the chemistry. So he talks about how that puts a lot of stress on the chemistry because you've got to wash a car quicker. So chemistry is really uh, increased in quality and its ability to wash because it's got to keep up. But if you've got the right type of equipment, that's the first thing you got to look at. So you've got, do you have sufficient equipment? And chances are you do. So unless it's a super old wash, chances are, you know, you've got a, you've got all the equipment you need. And then the other convention is line speed. Yeah. So the, the traditional idea on line speed would be if you have a hundred foot conveyor, you can set that conveyor to be, to run a hundred cars per hour. If you have a 120 foot conveyor, you can run 120 cars per hour. Now, most people will run it slightly higher than that. So for example, we had a 150 foot conveyor at one of our washes. We would run it about 160. 65 to 175 cars per hour, just slightly above it. Okay. So the question you got to ask yourself is you always have to be able to produce a good product. So that that's number one. If you're running that thing at 250 cars per hour, (laughs) there's no way the equipment's going to keep up. There's no way that the chemistry is going to keep up. So it doesn't, you know, at that point you've gone way too far. So you're looking for that balance of, are you producing a consistently clean car? Again, going back to the point of being consistent, yeah. are you, you know, hitting eight to nine out of 10 cars that go through and making sure the fronts are clean and the backs are clean? Because those are the most challenging areas, right? So those For wraps sure. have to be able to keep up. If you're going too quick, the wraps that go around the front of the car and the wraps that go around the back of the car are going to be challenged. So, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're producing a clean car as quickly as you can. 
And so you've got to balance that. You've got to balance that with your chemistry. You've got to balance that if you're prepping. You've got to balance that with your people who are prepping. So are they consistently prepping? And I, I see this all the time is it does require a different level of training when you're prepping because you want your guys to be consistent. And, and it's amazing to me that a lot of people in the car wash industry thinks customers are not paying attention, but maybe because I was a car wash owner or, and I'm a little bit more, you know, my senses are a little bit more heightened to these things, but I do pay attention to how people prep and do they prep consistently? Are they washing the same things every time? And again, you don't have to get the whole car, just make sure you're doing it the same way yep. with the same, with the, all your people every time. Consistency. You know, the thing that I think is really interesting, uh, you, that was making me think about mowing the lawn and why in the hell would I be thinking about mowing the lawn? You'd say, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, minus five. Up yeah. You know, well, cause I was thinking, you know, like it's kind of the same thing with the snowblower, right? Like there is an optimum, uh, like an optimal speed that you should run those things at for them to do a really good job. And it's the same thing in the, in the tunnel situation. Like you were talking about the, the cars per hour rate. Well, it's not, it's like my lawnmower. I can't just put it on like rabbit mode and like cruise the, cruise the yard and do as well of a job. If I maybe dialed it back just a little bit. So it's not like in the wash, it's not as simple as just saying, you know what? <laughs> Today I feel like doing 180 cars per hour. Let's crank up the speed and let her rip. It doesn't yeah. really work that way. It's it's yeah. It's, it's a yeah. it's a science and an art a little bit both. It is. It is. And wh what happens when you do that when you start tampering with the the conveyor speed is your chemistry can't keep up. Yeah. So you typically tune your chemistry for a certain speed. If you decide to speed it up, then you've got to concentrate your chemical more. Or sometimes a chemical just doesn't have enough time to do its job. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's on and off the car way too fast. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about driving customers crazy. Customers will notice when you mess with the conveyor speed. <laughs> we, we we ran traditionally a slower conveyor speed for the first couple of years of operations. And then we, 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 we bumped it up because we could. And, you know, I had a lot of customers tell me, hey, how come we're going faster now? <laughs> they, they perceive going fast as not getting a, a good quality walk. Right. So you've got to balance that. So you want to make sure you're getting the car clean and you're getting it somewhat dry. So you got to decide how dry you want your car to be. If you're moving it through the tunnel quickly and you don't have enough dryers or the dryer configuration isn't properly, that car's not going to get as dry as it normally would. So my recommendation is don't bump it up in the wintertime when you're busy, you know, keep it very consistent and then tune the wash to that particular speed. Yeah. This makes a big, big difference. Again, there's a theme here in what we're talking about. And it's consistency because it's consistency, you know, for your own sanity, right? So you're not having to tweak it constantly, but it's also for those customers, like make, right. making sure they know what to expect. That's right. And, and you're going to find your tribe of people that are going to like your wash. They might go down the street because they like a full service wash or they might go down the street because this particular wash preps and you don't. But if you're doing a good job, they're going to realize that that prep is unnecessary. Yeah. And obviously the best model in exterior express is no prepping. If you can get away with it, if you can get away with it from a chemistry perspective, a cleanliness perspective, but also if you can get away with it from a competitive perspective. So a lot of people are prepping not because they necessarily need to prep, but because they feel like it, it's added service and they believe it's going to give them 
a competitive advantage. And we're certainly not discouraging people from prepping. Yeah. But if you decide to prep, just make sure your people are doing it very consistently and they've got a set time that they're able to do it. So one of the other things I think that comes up when, you know, processing speed sort of becomes an issue for folks is that, you know, I can't get, I can't get things queued quite fast enough or they're making the purchase and I'm getting kind of, kind of jangled up along the way and I can't, you know, roll them up right away or like what, what should we do to, to kind of alleviate some of that? I mean, I know you can, you can, um, you can put it into auto queue. You can, you know, auto roller up if you want. Is that, yeah. I mean, what did, what did you do at your washes? What did, what did you see? Again, with, with no prepping, we were able to do an auto roller up. Yep. And which made it a lot easier. What I'm seeing now at our wash, since our wash is now prepping, is the auto roller up's not working. You see, they're not working, they're not using it mm. because they're just, uh, you know, they'll they'll prep the car, then they go over to the computer screen, they, they say fire the roller, the roller comes up and it pushes me through. The problem with that is you leave the consistency to the individual. So you might have some individuals that work slower than others. And so your hourly car counts are not going to be consistent in terms it's going to be dependent on the individual when they're finished prepping when they decide to fire the roller i would much rather if, if you're going to do that then just set a certain time frame when that car comes in then prep the car have the roller fire automatically and then your employees will then work toward the system when that car starts moving then they had better be finished with the front of the car then they can move to the back of the car very quickly as it's rolling and then the people are working toward the production line rather than the production line being dictated by the floater. You know, the um, we were talking about lines earlier, and, and this had me thinking about you were we were talking about Disney, um, and we, but one of the other places I think that I've seen really crank through um, kind of work on the line is a potbellies. Have you ever been in like a potbelly sandwich shop when the lines kind of wrapped around? And I see not. what they do. Okay, so I I really like this. I don't really know how you can quite get to this fully in in car wash uh, industry, but I think you can do pieces of this, right? So if you go into a Potbelly's, you know, in the time of being able to go into restaurants and that sort of thing, um, and then it's lunchtime and it's crank, and then the lines all over the place. They 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 bring out line busters, right? So uh, sometimes it was just somebody who had a piece of paper, you know, more old school, and they were they'd come out and they'd take orders down the line and go back and send it through. Um, sometimes they, the more, um, uh, advanced ones have their iPad system and they'd come out they'd take your order in the iPad. It, it would be c- communicating with the, um, kitchen software, putting that stuff into the queue and down the line it goes. So by the time you got up there, your sandwich was coming out their little oven ready for, ready for you to tell them what, po- what, uh, toppings you wanted on and your process through and, and out the door. It was, it's like. I mean, it seems really silly, but if you could start to take some of that um, point of sale piece and start working the lines, I think that would be fascinating so that, yeah. you know, people could come by the time they got to the gate, you know, like they, they're purchased, they're queued, they're through. I, I think one of the most important things we did is is the, the area between the pay stations, which we had pay stations, yep. and the tunnel we called the queue or the yep. stack. And we had somebody work in the stack when we were busy to make sure every car that was about to go through was prepared and ready to go through the car wash. So whether it's pickup trucks, whether it was antennas, whether it was anything that the car needed attending to, somebody would work that queue, talk to the customers, 
talk to people who hadn't been through the car wash before and kind of explain the loading process to them. Mm. It just made a big, big difference. And that really added toward our consistency numbers was making sure that we had plenty of cars going through. And then if the person saw that somebody was struggling at the, at the pay station, I was at the car wash last week and one guy was behind an individual who was struggling in the pay station. And this person obviously had no patience whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> he was losing his mind in his car. And I'm just, was watching it thinking, man, that's crazy. But, you know, making sure that people aren't struggling at the pay station, I think is really important um, because, you know, that, that stack or that queue is kind of your buffer. So we'd like five or seven cars in, in the queue. Uh, if it got down to four or three, then we, we sort of lost our, our ability to make sure we were going to have consistent cars. So we always tried to train our employees to keep an eye on the pay station. If somebody's struggling, then go over and give them a good help, but just making sure that queue or stack was full all the time. And that means you had a plenty of cars to be washed. The other issue, Matt, you got to think about too, is your exit. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your, any collision systems tuned at the exit will determine whether you hit your numbers or not too. So if people, if, if, if that green light is coming on too soon or too late, and people aren't moving out of the way, um, then you put yourself in a position where the car wash is shutting down. When you shut down the car wash, that is a problem. We, yeah. we always try to train our employees, never shut down the car wash unless you absolutely have to, if you hear a horn, but don't stop the car wash because you wanna have a conversation with somebody because there's four other cars in that car wash and all that equipment just left that car and now they're sitting there and they're not going to get a good quality wash because now that equipment's got to make its way back to that particular car. And chances are, you know, you've lost some feet in terms of when that equipment comes back and you're not going to get a good quality wash. So making sure the car wash doesn't shut down and you've got that any collision system tuned yeah. well enough so that the cars are leaving and they're, and they're not, you know, the car coming behind it doesn't, doesn't stop it is critical as well. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you're, you, t you, you do all this work to tune the equipment and tune the chemistry so that it's going to deliver that consistent car. And then it all gets thrown out the window when you stop all the equipment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. So, you know, we, we try to encourage our employees not to stop unless they have to, and then make sure that the exit is tuned well and that the cars are leaving. So it's not stopping the wash. You know, the, the other thing, like, I love that. I love the tip about, um, you know, think about the exit because that is a, that is, we, we really put a lot of time and energy into helping people figure out how to load, right. And how to get them on the, get them on the conveyor, obviously in a belt, it's a little bit less of an issue, but we want people to have a smooth process on the front end. That back end is just as important, uh, especially because so many people now, like, you know, they're going through the wash and they're looking down at their phone, right. They're like, they're on a device. They're just chilling out enjoying the experience. And then by yeah. the time they hit that, hit that exit, they're not paying attention. They're a, that's a problem, right? And yeah. all the signs in the world aren't going to change that. Um, so I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you train the customer on that or, or what you can do, but it, it's all, you almost need like an air horn, right? Like staff the end of the, yeah. the exit with an air horn so that when, when that employee sees the person come off and they should be going, just give them a honk. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Move, yeah, move moving it. along. Yeah, for the most part, that doesn't. It hasn't happened as much as I thought. It might be happening more nowadays. But most people seem to want to get off, and they realize that there's a number of things you have to do to get off 
it can vary up to, you know, to, if you can drop your car and drive, great, without putting your foot on the brake. Most of my vehicles have been like that over the years. Yep. But a lot of cars, you got to put your foot on the brake and then drop it in a drive to make it work effectively. And so, you know, you've got to be past where that roller drops if you've got a chain and roller conveyor. If it's a belt conveyor, it's a little easier. Yep. If you got a chain and roller conveyor, you got to make sure that roller's down, stop the car, put it in drive, and then drive off. That takes a few seconds. Some people are quicker at that than others. And so the people that are not so quick will be the ones that will typically stop the wash as the car drives off. So you want to make that the rare exception rather than the rule. So pay attention to the number of stops you have at the end of the car wash. And also when you talk about consistency, you and I were talking about this last week, look at the cars that you're producing. So yeah. always encouraging your manager, your shift leaders, when they start the shift, go stand at the exit, look, look at the cars, see if they're clean, dry, and shiny, and making sure you're producing a product that you're proud of. I'm, I'm surprised a lot of times when I would go to the car wash and I could see that we were getting a, a clean car and a shiny car, but we we're getting a dry car. So, hey, what's what's going on with the spot-free, you know, rinse yep. or the the um, clear coat rinse that would, you know, sheet, sheets the water. And then we're sure enough finding out that particular chemistry wasn't working for whatever reason. So just making sure your guys are looking at the end product and making sure they're producing a product they're proud of. Yeah, because it can be little things that, that throw that off, right? I mean, it doesn't, it's not, it's not as obvious as like a whole piece of equipment being down. It may no, just, it, it may be a nozzle <laughs> that is, you know, plugged and cannot yeah. feed the chemical that you need to be feeding. That's exactly right. And, you know, if you messed with car wash chemistry for any length of time, you know, things that are working yesterday don't work today for whatever <laughs> right. reason. <laughs> right. Right. Tips, tips can get clogged. Um, you know, tips can expand. So yeah. a lot of times, sometimes you're using twice as much chemical as you were last week. Um, you know, the, the line could get kinked. There's just all types of crazy things that happen with chemistry. And, you know, you don't really re realize it until you look at the end product. So just, you know, making sure you're doing that ghost car in the morning is important. We, we call it a ghost car. <laughs> I like that. It's actually a test car. I, don't I like, I like ghost car. That's more fun. Yeah, we call it a ghost car because back in the days, what we did is we used to put a shovel over the the detection loop, and you 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 would run, run the shovel back and forth over the loop to <laughs> simulate a car, and then you'd walk through the car wash as things came on, right? So yeah. we would actually <laughs> test the car wash without a car, and then we just encouraged our manager or one of the employees to wash their car in the morning, and then. You know, always stand 20 feet in front of it or 15 feet in front of the car without somebody in it and just see what's happening as you go through. It, but those are the things that create consistency. And I, I, I can't emphasize that enough is, you know, you really got to train your employees to look for the things that are not, not working, not correct. It's easy for them not to see it because they're there every day. Yeah. So. Well, the other things, right. So we've talked, we talked a little bit about um, getting people kind of onto the belt or into the, or onto the conveyor. We talked a little bit about getting people off. We've talked about chemistry. The other thing that you were just hitting on, I think that's really, really crucial is training, right? I mean, yeah. because the, the common denominator in a lot of these things is that the, the human element is where things really kind of get, can get wonky, right? Because right. somebody works, like we're saying, somebody's working a little slower on the prep. Somebody's not as fast about, you know, getting the roller up. All these things kind of add up. And so the more that you have really strong operational training in place, 
and that really buttoned up process, the the better um, the better throughput you're going to be able to achieve in your in yeah. your wash. Yeah, it's super important. Training should should be an ongoing process within your car wash. You should never not be doing training, and don't assume the one piece of advice for training is don't assume once you've shown someone how to do it <laughs> that they're going to do it correctly. Yeah. You're going to have to do it multiple times. You're going to have to reinforce it. You're going to have to have your owner, your managers reinforce it. You're going to have to set standards. So what's the standard for prepping? So teach them one way to prep, give them a time frame on how long it should take, and then measure that. So measure how long it's taking people to, to prep uh, cars, for example, if, you, if you're going to teach them how to do that. But uh, yeah, training is huge. It's something that's ongoing. It's something that you constantly have to be doing. Um, well, my, my fun tip, I don't know if you, if you did this in your wash, you, you were talking about measuring, right. And, um, <clears throat> I guess you, you weren't prepping before, so you wouldn't have needed to measure this, but to, and to the point about measuring prep time. Okay. So when I, one of my first jobs was working at a Burger King drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in that Burger King drive-thru, you were incented to make sure that you were getting people through cranking them through pretty quickly. And right above the, the pay window there, right above the window where you'd get, grab your food and, and pay for your order, there was a timer. And as soon as that car pulled up, that timer started. And so you like you were scored every night on what that number looked like. So you don't necessarily need to score people you know, on the prep time, but a timer, something like that, might be an interesting way to just sort of incentivize and keep people kind of moving through the process and making sure that they're doing it right. Yeah, I was talking to a colleague of mine who actually mentioned the fact that uh, fast food drive-ins have had these metrics for years, yeah. and the car wash industry just seems to be catching up to that. But I think it's I think one metric you can look at, Matt, would be the number of cars you're doing per hour. Yeah. So if 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 you know I'm doing you know 100 cars an hour and you're doing 85 consistently, you know I can tell pretty quickly that okay there might be an issue in the way you are approaching it versus the way I'm approaching it. I'm not saying my way is correct, but um, but it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know you you could look at it like that. Um, you could time it so you could you could have a timer. You know there are systems out there that you can break a photo eye when that car. Yeah, breaks this photo eye that the timer starts and, you know, and then you can wait for the next car and, you know, you can say, okay, it took an average of 22 seconds for this car. And, you know, my, my average is 19 seconds and your average is 18 seconds or whatever, you know, you could, you can get systems to help you do that. The other thing that we did, which I think was really effective was we gave volume bonuses to the employees. Ah. So if they got a certain car count, no matter who, who was on or who was prepping or who was loading, if you made a certain number of cars per hour, the whole team shared in a bonus. Cause I wanted to make sure that the people understood that the team, everybody was critical to making sure cars were getting loaded properly. So the person in the queue or the stack was getting the cars prepped. They, their role was just as important as the person who was loading. And so when we did that, that was really an incentive for people to figure out, okay, how do we load more efficiently? How do we load more effectively? It was exciting during that hour when it was busy because everybody was always looking at the number of cars. I think they spent too much time looking at the number of cars that they were watching. But uh, That's why they weren't getting dry, David. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was super exciting. They would all share, you know, a pot of money yeah. if, if they worked that in. And, and it was a way to incent them to want to work 
efficiently and work hard when we were busy. So, Hey, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, you might have something else in addition to this, but the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, <laughs> the customer's role in helping you <laughs> wash more cars. So, um, you know, we, you see a lot of signs all over the place about all these instructions and all these things. And, you know, we have our people who are trained well to do uh, the loading of the cars. How do we get to the customer? Like, how do we get to the customer and get them comfortable? So the, the biggest thing that's happened in the last three to five years, which has made that a lot easier, is the unlimited program. Mm-hmm. So when if 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 you're using RFID stickers, you obviously you've got a you've got an indicator or a signal that this person is a regular customer. And if you've got a lot of unlimited customers, man, your life just got a lot better in the car. Our life got so much better in the car wash industry when we started selling a lot of unlimited passes because those people are experts, right? Yeah. They, they knew how to load. They knew what to do. They gave you the thumbs up, <laughs> which said, hey, I know what I'm doing. Their car was pretty clean. So they washed their car, you know, once every week or two. Yeah, not too so, much, right? Not too yeah, much to make. <laughs> not too much, not too little, but not too much. But uh, nah, I, didn't, I didn't care if they came. We, we yeah. had a guy, we had a guy that literally came every day. I oh mean, and, and sometimes he would wash his car two or three times a day. And I, I never got to meet the guy. I, I wanted to meet him because I wanted to see, you know, if he had a life, what, yeah. what was his thought process <laughs> in that. But I didn't worry about that guy. I said, you know what? He's out telling all his friends he's washing his car for 12 cents and he's yeah. taking advantage of us. And I thought, <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. But, um, you know, with, with your unlimited customers, they know what they're doing. So it makes life easier, right? So if they don't have a sticker, and you're trying to offer them an unlimited club, you might ask them if they come often, have they been through a car wash like this? That communication in the queue or stack can let you know if you're about to run into someone who hasn't been through a car wash. It's it's getting more rare yeah. that somebody hasn't been through a tunnel car wash, but there's still people out there that, that don't know how to load on a chain and roller conveyor. Belts are much easier to load on. I mean, they're just there's no comparison out there between the difference between loading on a belt and a chain and roller. But if you get people who are comfortable, you know, it, either one doesn't matter. So things have gotten a lot better in that area, which which I'm super excited about. But you might have to identify the people that haven't been through the car wash, people that are nervous about loading on chain and rollers. You know, you might want to have a conversation with them that what they have to do. Um, you know, you're still going to get that, that missed roller every once in a while, and that's okay. Um, just be patient with your customers. But uh, the good news is, Matt, things have gotten a lot better. Well, I think that I think there's opportunity too in terms of um, kind of even before people get in the lot. I think in just in, in terms of a whole uh, customer journey. I mean, the the people that you're marketing to anyway, there might be some opportunities for people to to have some um, education and add value there in terms of, hey, you're going to come to the wash. This is the loading process. I mean, my kid's school did it for drop-off procedures, right? They showed you how that worked. And it was, I mean, it's kind of helpful, but <laughs> that, that's a different, that's a different story for a different episode. But uh, <clears throat> I think, I think it could be interesting. It's another opportunity for you to connect with customers kind of ahead of time and just to kind of make them comfortable and make them feel okay with it. <laughs> the other, the other avenue that you could take is what uh, Robert Sacco at, at Waves has been doing in Australia and just jump in the car with them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one way to do it. 
I did that a couple times and I realized I probably shouldn't do that um, <laughs> when I first started, but I would jump in the car with him and, you know, if I want to look at a particularly interesting vehicle. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think a, a YouTube video that you can, you can post up and you know, have on your website and some people might go look at it and just kind of train them on how to do it very quickly and very easily. They're very super inexpensive to create and they're very effective. So yeah, yeah, if you can train them how to do it, you know, I kept it real simple. Hey, there's three things you got to do when you pull into the tunnel, stop, you know, put your car in neutral, take your foot off the brake, take your hand off the wheel. So just kind of keep it as simple as you can for them, you know, tell them there's only three things you have to do uh, when, you, when you get in there. And make sure that your roller spacing or your firing of the roller gives them enough time to do that. So that's another process that you've got to tune you don't want to give them too much time yeah but you also don't want to give them don't give anybody a heart attack because the roller yeah, because roller bumps you start, them <laughs> you know you start skipping rollers and then yeah. it's a whole scene you've lost one or two cars per hour for every roller that gets skipped so if you're skipping a lot of rollers you might look at you know the the uh, timing of when that roller fires you might want to put it out a little bit so that you're not uh, you're not you're not causing those problems. That's funny. So <laughs> that's it. Be consistent. If I can give you any message out there in the world, consistency I think is super important for quality. And if you want to produce a good quality product, be consistent. It's just like this podcast. <laughs> just like this podcast. It's, if it's if incredible. it's bad or good, it's it's nothing if not consistent. <laughs> It is consistent. It is very consistent. Good, good. Anything to look forward to in the next couple of weeks, Matt? Oh, man. You know what? We got some cool stuff coming up uh, in the podcast itself. Some good good folks that you've interviewed. I think people want to make sure they're tuned in for that. Um, I've got, honestly, a really pretty um, stacked deck for, for our live program. So if anybody's got some time on Thursdays at 1130 Central Time and want to come over to Facebook land and, and check us out on that program we've got a we've got some great guests coming up for you there um not the least of which we're going to have an episode actually this week uh, we're recording this we won't be releasing this podcast you're going to have to catch this one on the flip side uh but we've got a guy talking about how to sell more stuff so unlimiteds retail washes girl scout cookies whatever you might be selling he's going to help us through that process and think outside the box <laughs> But yeah, so that's going to be uh, in, in arrears. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what I've got coming up that's exciting. Obviously, okay, and where, where, where would they find those car wash lives if they're not live? Yeah, you bet. So the easiest way to easiest way to find old episodes uh, is to go to carwashmagazine.com, and uh, there is a tab there for you. If you're if you're really lazy and you want to get directly there, you can you can even enter carwashmagazinelive.com, and it'll take you straight to where you want to go. Straight you want to go, or if you're on a if you're bored and it's. 30 below outside and you want to go to YouTube. You can do it there too. There is a YouTube channel with all of them too, which I've watched before. We are everywhere you are. I mean, we that... are everywhere you want to be. <laughs> That's right. That's and right. some places so actually, you don't. It's actually 1030 Mountain. So Mountain Time is really the central. Oh, yeah. Central <laughs> Here we go. Time zone for the entire world. I'm surprised it's not Greenwich <laughs> Time. Greenwich Mean. 1030 yeah. Mountain Time. <laughs> all right. Well, good, Matt. Thanks so much. Looking forward to 2021. We'll keep keep things going um, and appreciate your time. 
Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.